0: A little something like make the good time No, I ain't got a but a bag of green, two dance and shoes in my friends with me. Well I ain't got a but a little soap, little tune to the make the good time No, I ain't got a but a bag of green, two dance and shoes in my Welcome to another edition of the Sports Rotation. As always, I'm your host, Jay Butler. Want to hit you with a little bit of funk coming into uh, today's program. I appreciate uh, SoundCloud giving me this venue to be able to make these recordings. And I appreciate you tuning in through the various different outlets that you can, like TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, uh, the sportsrotation.squarespace.com, and especially iTunes. Uh, connect. Remember, the various outlets that you can choose to listen through the program through. Very excited to be back into the uh, studio making these recordings. Uh, really, there was too much tragedy that was going on. Just too much. A, a lot of stuff that was hitting close to home, especially with what was happening with the uh, shooting that took place over in Parkland. Um, you might not know that that is literally about 20 minutes away from where I stay, and probably about 15 minutes away from where I teach, so you know, it was good to get back into the normalcy of um, the day, uh, not putting any of those things behind me. Of course, I can't, because one of my my colleagues, actually, her niece passed away in the shooting, um, and they're going to be having the memorial soon, but it was it just felt good to be able to Move a little bit forward in the grieving process And of course my my mind, my heart goes out to uh, the families of those victims Terrible tragedy But I'm not going to spend today's show uh, dedicated to that Because we have a lot of stuff to get into And we feel like that's been covered a lot It's, it's continuing to be covered throughout various media outlets So I'm going to let them do their job And I'm going to make sure that I do my job And uh, getting back into the world of sports, getting our minds on something else uh, so that we can heal and move on. But uh, just, you know, I got to let you into my personal life. I'm starting to, it's starting to really become, you know, concrete and real that I'm actually becoming a father. I just spent a good part of my morning putting together a crib, a crib that I had absolutely no idea how to put together. A friend of mine said that he was going to come over and help me and I just I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm a father now, soon to be a father. Well, the baby is pretty much formed. There's still a little more cooking to go, but for the most part all of the the uh, organs and everything are there. So, you know, excited, can't wait for this baby to come out and for us to meet her. But it really gave me some perspective really made me start to think about my life, and and really made me, it it just made fatherhood more real to me. Um, I had a a scenario that happened over the weekend. We were supposed to be making some food through this this, um, company called HelloFresh, and... I'm still debating on whether or not it's a ripoff to have this HelloFresh with these ingredients that are delivered to your door and you were able to make a meal for yourself. Because they they, they seem to jip you on some of the food. Like, the Asian food is relatively a good amount of food. For, for the most part, a lot of the food, it's like one person can eat this food and... My wife is pregnant, so she's eating for three, even though the calorie intake is supposed to be only about 300 more calories per day. Don't tell that to my wife. She's not trying to hear any of that. And uh, I'm not going to stop a pregnant woman from eating. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to die on that hill. That uh, is not uh, the fight that I want to, to take on at this present moment. But there was something that happened where I realized, you know, I, I have to be more careful. I have to use sound judgment. I'm a father now. I can't just, you know, b- before you, you make certain decisions and you're like, oh, you know what, this is just going to affect me. Or, you know, this might just affect me and my wife. But no, we have a child on the way. And we have to make sound decisions. We have to use our, our level of reasoning. We have to use common sense that for a lot of people just isn't so common. But we have to use... Whatever it is that's at our discretion in order to make sound judgment calls. And I was in the middle of making this meal. And the meal, you know, through various forms of of laziness on both of our parts, the, the food was left down. It should have been put inside of the freezer. At least the um, the particular meal that we were making it had to be deal with the uh, shrimp. And, you know, you, you can't keep seafood down for an extended period of time. You just can't. It's going to go bad quickly. And because these ingredients are fresh, you know, there are no preservatives that are in there that are going to make it um, keep from spoiling like regular food would. But I was in the process of making it, and I, I opened up the the uh, shrimp that was already sealed away, and there was just this, this odor. It, it wasn't a rank odor, but it was an odor. Now, I get it because it was fresh shrimp. It was raw. It wasn't anything that had been previously cooked. Um, It's going to have some type of odor. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh man, do I really want to expose myself to this? Do I really want Keisha to eat any of this? Do I want want to expose uh, the baby to any of this? All of this is going through my mind while I'm still making the decision to cook it. Just incredible laziness, stupidity on my part. Normally, I don't make decisions like that. Normally, it's just like, oh, okay, you know, food has a little bit of a smell to it. I'm tossing it. I'm going to buy some more shrimp. Easy decision. You have options. But for whatever reason, my mind didn't contemplate the options that I had. It was somewhat late at night, but for some reason, just going to the store and buying some more shrimp did not seem like a viable option to me. Even though I live by Walmart, which is open 24-7. Like, literally, the Walmart is maybe 12 minutes down the road. get in my car. I can make it back there. Start cooking within a matter of 30 minutes. And how, how long does it take to cook shrimp? Like, what, two minutes? So, I, I could have made the decision to just do that. But I start cooking with this. And I'm thinking, oh, this is perfectly okay. And I, I even went over to my wife and... and, and had her smell it Woke her up woke, Sorry Woke her up Out of her uh, Out of her sleep Because she was just about ready to fall asleep She had just Just knocked it Knocked out for the moment And Yeah 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 She looked She smelled it And she said it was fine And But something just told me Don't go down that path You have options Okay And it's important to look at the options that you do have It's Take a chance and possibly get yourself, your wife, and the baby ill. Or just go down the street where there's plenty of shrimp and get some more shrimp. Why was that such a hard decision for me? I have absolutely no idea. No idea why that was such a difficult decision for me to make. Ultimately, I made it. But I was like, I can't believe I was willing to be this lazy And not consider the options of just going down another path, even though it was going to take me an, an extra half hour longer, just going and getting the shrimp, which I wind up tossing anyway. But I say all of this to say I'm trying to understand what people are doing in the sports world, particularly in football, with this whole entire debate on whether or not you should take Kirk Cousins, whether or not you should take. Case Keenum, whether or not you should try to to get Blake Bortles, whether or not um, A.J. Griffin can be a starting quarterback, whether or not Nick Foles, you have plenty of options. But does the option of playing of paying, excuse me, Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum north of twenty million dollars guaranteed? Does that option make a lot of sense? Say it out loud. This is exactly what I did with the shrimp. I said it out loud. Does it make sense to take this type of a chance? When we're talking about seafood, there's there's always a possibility that you could get ill, like violently ill. But does it make any, any sense whatsoever, any common sense to take a chance on some shrimp that you could go to the store and spend out, what, $7 at Walmart And be perfectly fine Just because you don't feel like getting in the car And making the trip over to Walmart Does it make sense? Say it out loud And I'm looking at these NFL teams And it's like they're losing their mind Oh, you know, Kirk Cousins He's already been he's already been paid North of 40-some-odd million dollars Guaranteed playing with the Washington Redskins, and the Redskins might actually tag him again for whatever reason. I have absolutely no idea. But I'm looking at these other teams who are lining up their services to try to acquire the services of Kirk Cousins. Does it make sense with the amount of money that he is going to want? Because when you're used to that kind of money, you don't take pay cuts, you don't take discounts. Especially when you've been making the money, and for whatever reason, you feel like the team is disrespecting you by offering you that kind of money. Kirk Cousins, one of the highest paid quarterbacks, if not the highest paid quarterback last year, hasn't won a playoff game. Hasn't last year, I mean, seven and nine? I understand there were lots of injuries left, right, and center. With the Washington Redskins, but 7 9? You couldn't beat the Dallas Cowboys once this year? Or for that matter, anytime, because the Dallas Cowboys feast on the, the Redskins every single time they play them with uh, Kirk Cousins. I'm, for one, I'm hoping that Kirk Cousins stays in the conference because I need for the Dallas Cowboys to pick up those two wins every single year. But does it make sense? Does it honestly make sense to look at a guy... Yes, I understand what Case Keenum was able to do off of a miracle throw that isn't likely going to happen ever again. I understand that you're trying to build for something because that team was on the... Well, they thought they were on the cusp of possibly making it to the Super Bowl. Even though anybody with any, any inkling of NFL talent knew that Case Keenum did not stand a chance against that Philadelphia Eagles team. The Philadelphia Eagles were much more talented than the Minnesota Vikings. Even though Minnesota did have a stellar defense, the Eagles just had so many weapons on both sides of the ball. It it didn't make any sense um, that, or it doesn't make any sense, that they would go all in with Case Keenum when it took a miracle throw to beat Drew Brees, which, by the way, we all already know that the Saints were on their way to winning that game. That miracle throw should have never happened in the first place. A cornerback makes up a, a play, doesn't take a wrong angle. Somebody manages to tackle him. Tackle, tackle, um, someone's able to tackle Stephon Diggs and stop him. Maybe hold him for a field goal. Something happens. But there is at no point that you think that Minnesota was going to pull out that win. Everybody thought that with Drew Brees going down the field with his level of expertise, his caliber of quarterback play, everybody just assumed that Drew Brees was going to pull out the win. And for all purposes in consideration, he did pull out that win. It was just a miracle throw. It was bad play by the cornerback. Miracle throw. They make it on and get demolished against the Philadelphia Eagles, which was expected to uh, reinforce that point again. Expected. Even with them playing against Nick Foles. But it's like a, a lot of teams, there are going to be a lot of teams that are losing their mind, not having any perspective, just willing to throw money at a, at a situation Even though there's plenty of quarterbacks that are coming out in this draft class that you could build around, there's plenty of other options that you could uh, go for instead of uh, Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins. I already mentioned it with Teddy Bridgewater, with A.J. McCarron. There's serviceable quarterbacks that could put up the same numbers that you had with Case Keenum with Kirk Cousins. And in today's league, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. You're not allowed to touch wide receivers past the five-yard line. Anytime there is any type of contact, it's always gonna go against the defender. You don't have to be the greatest quarterback to put up stats in today's league. And if you don't believe me, just ask Matthew Stafford. Stats Galore wins? Eh. Eh. Memorable plays? Eh. That throw that he made with a dislocated shoulder with his non-throwing arm, yeah, that was uh, memorable. But give me the memorable play that Matthew Stafford has made since he's been in the league. And with any of these teams, do you think that Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins are going to be able to beat the lights with Kirk Cousins beating the lights of Dak Prescott. We already covered the fact that he can't beat the Cowboys on a regular basis. That he's going to be able to keep up with Carson Wentz. Does anybody think that Minnesota even has a better quarterback than Detroit? (laughs) Oh, and let's not forget the fact that they play in the same division with Aaron Rodgers. So no, I don't think that these quarterbacks are quarterbacks that you want to shell out that kind of dough for. You're going to, to- I mean, when you think about, yes, the salary cap is expected to jump slightly uh, with the NFL next year. Um, I believe it's going to jump to $108 million uh, for, that's going to be the salary cap for next year. And teams are going to have money to spend, like the Jets, um, but no. Well, yeah, if you're the Jets, yes, you do make this type of move It's the the total splashy, idiotic, uh, non-thinking move to make If you are the New York Jets But if you got as far as you did with Case Keenum Is there any reason to think that you couldn't do it with Sam Bradford Or Teddy Bridgewater Quarterbacks that you already have Or that you can sign for a minimal amount of money Teddy Bridgewater was already the starting quarterback that the team had rallied around, that the team had gone to the playoffs with. And Sam Bradford, I mean, the only thing they were trying to do is keep him upright and have a solid running game. Nobody expected him to do anything or to take over for Teddy Bridgewater. They made that trade because they thought that they could get into the playoffs and make some noise. But Teddy Bridgewater was already your starting quarterback. Perspective. You've got to have perspective or you can totally ruin your team. And in my case, possibly scar, physically scar, or potentially kill an unborn baby. Speaking of perspective and the lack of perspective, people were losing their mind at last night's All-Star game. Just losing their mind. I, I, I was listening to radio pundits just talking about or oh, how teams were um, not taking this seriously, and um, LeBron, he totally saved the all-star game. That The all-star game was nothing like we hadn't already seen in the past. A bunch of guys who aren't willing to play any type of defense. A bunch of guys who were going to be shooting three-pointers and dunking the ball. And last night, because they were able to make a defensive stand on Steph Curry... People were just losing their mind with the accolades that they were throwing at LeBron James. Oh, LeBron James, LeBron James. We got to have LeBron James. He's amazing. If it took an all-star game from last night for you to realize how amazing LeBron James is, then there's something something mentally wrong with you. But just give a a listen to what was going on. Just a a couple of words from one of my favorite uh, hosts of um, Sports Talk Radio, Colin Cowherd. Just give a listen. LeBron played defense, so everybody yesterday late played defense. There is not a single NFL player, including Tom Brady, including Aaron Rodgers, that could go to the Pro Bowl and force the other players to care. Not a one. LeBron James came into this weekend, and when that game started, people passed more there was still hot dogs they played defense last six and a half minutes of the game people were locking down people they cared who won the game people think I'm obsessed with LeBron no I'm discouraged by the people who cover this league and who think valuable equals stats Westbrook's been to one final he lost Westbrook gets stats did he change the weekend did he save the game Nah. In Los Angeles this weekend, what was the game about? Was it about James Harden? Because he's going to win this year's MVP. When James and LeBron were on the floor yesterday, who felt bigger? It doesn't matter if it's player mobility or talking politics or the all-star game. Leaders are people that others follow. We look at Westbrook and go, wow, he's talented. We look at Harden and go, wow, he's talented. You don't follow Westbrook. You don't follow Harden. You follow LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. My point's exactly. I can't believe that he actually used that as a reason to turn LeBron James into a leader. Especially considering the amount of pouting that took place throughout the whole entire month of January as his team was getting waxed by the likes of the Raptors, 133-99, to the Celtics, 102-88, the Timberwolves, 127-99. Where was that leadership that was on display? You want me to buy into a guy because he played defense on an all-star game in the last quarter isn't that when they always decide to play defense oh well lebron james look what he was able to do guys followed him the guys yeah lebron james is the best or the second best player in the game I'm Yeah, I'm assuming guys are going to rally around LeBron James and anything that he does. But I'll tell you something, that trademark ability to lead that LeBron has been labeled with, where was that on display in January? Where was that on display where IT was throwing Kevin Love under the bus with Dwayne Wade in the driver's seat? Where was that leadership when that team was not able to play any defense? Where was that leadership when LeBron James wasn't happy about what was going on with management and decided that he was going to pout his way through games and had probably his worst offensive statistics in the history of his career? Where was that leadership then? Getting guys to defend, rebound, and play to their capabilities. I'm not a LeBron apologist. When he plays bad, I call him out. When he plays great, I congratulate him. He is a great player. He is one of the greatest players that I've ever seen on this earth. But are you gonna? Are you really kidding me and telling me that LeBron's display last night was a true display of leadership? And making that reference to players in the Pro Bowl. Not responding to a Tom Brady, not responding to an Aaron Rodgers, that was laughable. I still remember the uh, Pro Bowl, I forget which year it was, Uh, I think it was 2006, when Sean Taylor was still alive, and he just laid, uh, he laid down one of the most vicious hits that I'd ever seen in football, in the Pro Bowl, against Brian Mormon. I still remember that hit. And a lot of guys lauded uh, Sean Taylor uh, post his death, um, particularly because Sean Taylor was known for not taking plays off. But those are that's one of those plays that I wish that he had taken off. People are, aren't going to step out and criticize Sean Taylor for that hit. I'm going to come out and criticize him and say that was a ridiculous hit. It was the Pro Bowl. You try your best not to lay the wood on guys during the Pro Bowl Guys have a short shelf life. You don't want to take out anybody's career during the Pro Bowl, especially when you don't. With Brian Mormon, Brian Mormon wasn't some big time uh, receiver. wasn't a, a big time player. I think it might have even been a replacement player. But you don't play hard during the Pro Bowl, and you don't play hard during the the uh, the NBA All Star Game. Now the format was was interesting with the way they were able to um, to pick their teams with LeBron and Steph being able to pick the guys that they played on. And I thought that LeBron James did do one thing that was uh, truly important. He, he picked long, big players that could play some defense. But to say that this was some type of... Um, um, come-to-Jesus moment where LeBron James just rallied the troops and, and inspired them to play defense that the whole entire night. Give me a break. One of the better defenders that was on Steph's team, Jimmy Butler, a possible MVP candidate, one of the better defenders in the league, maybe the best two-way def- uh, p- guard in the league, Didn't even suit up That's how much they took it seriously Steph Curry I believe was eating popcorn on the sidelines So if we were to take it serious This whole entire incident with LeBron James And them playing defense at the end And being able to stop Steph Curry People were even using this as another reason To uh, put James Harden on blast Saying how I remember it was On On Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Undisputed, uninterrupted, unsomething. Who cares? But Skip Bayless was saying how this once again shows how James Harden can't perform in the big moment. In the big moment. The only reason why James Harden failed last year was because he was gassed. Running that offense with with, uh, Mike D'Antoni... Running that offense and being expected to play defense, the two don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. That's exactly what happened with the um, the uh, Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash. Steve Nash didn't have the energy. Who would have the energy seven seconds or less to get the ball up the, the court and make a shot, make plays for everybody, get uh, get run the offense, and play defense on your guy? Yeah, I don't think that's happening. But this was not the game to... Um, Put LeBron James on a pedestal That he was already on And to totally uh, Lash out against Other guys Especially that that comment about Russell Westbrook Let's be honest The whole entire thing with LeBron James We applaud LeBron James for All of the things that he's done He received so many accolades Well deserving But if you go back and you look at the teams That he was able to beat Yes he beat the The Oklahoma City Thunder. Young team. Young, overly athletic team. When you have Russell Brushbook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka. I remember that year, they just totally demolished the San Antonio Spurs. When they didn't have Kawhi Leonard, by the way. And they were supposed to be taking over the league. But it was a young team. They didn't have the experience that was needed. So yes, the Miami Heat with uh, the amount of of playoff victories, the amount of playoff appearances that those guys had in between all three of those guys with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Uh, you just had a, a, a rock solid veteran team who had, at the time, three of the top 15 players in the league. So yes, I did not, or no one really expected the OKC Thunder to win that game. But that you also have to remember that that same team, led by LeBron James, lost to Dirk Nowitzki and just a bunch of guys. Just Dirk and a bunch of guys. They lost to San Antonio. And San Antonio should have beat him the other time if, if Tim Duncan is in the game and they're able to secure a rebound that goes over to Ray Allen, who's able to hit a miracle three-pointer. But we lose sight of Perspective. We lose sight of common sense. It's just amazing to me. It's amazing. But if there is one thing that did come out of the All-Star game that I thought that a lot of people were overlooking, you have a lot of great young talent. I don't mean good young talent. I mean great young talent that is spread throughout the league. And you're seeing more and more guys who are showing up in the East who actually have some game. I think that uh, when you're talking about Joel Embiid, um, it was interesting that LeBron James said that, uh, well, it was no, it was Kevin Durant who said that once he leaves, Joel Embiid will be the face of this league. If you didn't get a chance to see him on display, especially during that um, the uh, U.S. versus the World game, he was phenomenal. Uh, Lori Markinen in the Skills Challenge and in the World game, one of the league's best-kept secrets happening in Chicago. The amount of upside that that guy has is just ridiculous. And if you were to take the draft, I think that we'd all have probably Donovan Mitchell maybe going one just because of the, um, of, of what he's been able to do in Utah and the stats that he's putting up. But I probably would have even taken... Now, I'm, I'm, you can accuse me of being a bit of a homer here because I'm a Chicago Bulls fan... But I probably would take out of all of the prospects with Mitchell, Tatum and Markninen, I might just take Markinen number one because of the upside that he has. Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if he necessarily is going to add that much to his game. And when you think about the history of the league, six foot four guys, yeah, they can put up stats, but six foot four guys don't win you championships, more than likely. But seeing a seven-footer with his ability to initiate the offense, because he does do that a lot of times in Chicago. He did that a lot with Chris Dunn With his ability to shoot, the touch that he has on the ball, his ability to finish, his hops, there's just a tremendous amount of upside with Laurie Markman. But a lot of that was all on display. I think a lot of people have to be on the lookout for Philadelphia in the future if they get themselves another... Well, if they get their first round draft pick from this year, able to play and able to live up to the hype that he had coming out of college, I think that that's a team that could possibly be on the uptick. But just looking at Embiid, who has the, the the just amazing touch around the basket, and his uh, his shooting range is just phenomenal as well for a big man. And you have Ben Simmons with six six foot ten. You have two guys who are six foot ten and above that can get their shot off whenever they want to. And once Ben Simmons, if I should say, if Ben Simmons is able to actually put together a outside jump shot, he's going to be lethal. So you add Markel Fultz if he ever, I mean, just lives up to half of the amount of hype that he had coming out that team could be a force to be reckoned with. But there was a lot of talent that was on display, and I thought that that, w- that should have been the major storyline coming out of the um, All-Star Weekend. Not the, the, the dunk contest. I mean, that's played. Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, they put on a show back in 2014, but nothing new is coming out of the dunk contest. A lot of them were t- trying to do these throwback dunks, and I don't think that we've seen anything else that can possibly be added to the dunk contest. I really just don't think. And like four four guys in a dunk contest, that was a little bit disappointing as well. But I I thought that that was the major storyline that should have been the focus uh, coming out of All-Star Weekend. But I can't wait to... Get back to the season starting. Can't wait to get back to watching the Bulls play. Seeing if Zach Levine can possibly live up to the amount of money that they are going to have to pony up and throw at him. Despite what people might say because Zach Levine's coming off of that injury, the athleticism is there. It's not gone. And that's, that's the dangerous part. The dangerous part was trying to see would he have that athleticism. It's there. The athleticism has not left. Just as athletic as he was before he went down with that ACL tear. The sticking point is going to be whether or not he can be a more of a complete player. get a, Be a guy who can initiate the offense for others, get others involved on the offense, and can be that go-to guy who can create his own shot when a play breaks down. We've already seen glimpses out of Markkanen, who I think is he might actually be their best player right now. They don't get on the ball enough. They don't utilize him enough in the offense. And a lot of the guys just aren't used to a rookie being as far along as marketing is with his game. And we've also seen Chris Dunn, dramatic improvement in his style of play. So moving forward, there's just a lot of good things to say that's coming out of the NBA, particularly in the East. And I didn't even touch on Jason Tatum, who's a beast, Who's only going to continue to grow playing with Kyrie Irving in Boston. But those are uh, just a few points that I want to touch on. I want to thank you guys for being in the rotation with me. Remember various outlets that you can choose them, choose from Google Play Music, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, the Sports Rotation at Squarespace.com, which is my website, and um, iTunes Radio. Also, I am cannot say that I am a writer for. Pippin' Ain't Easy, which is a website that's affiliated with Fansided, which is affiliated through uh, Sports Illustrated. But I am a contributor on that website, so you can see some of my stories, you can see some of my comments. Feel free to check out uh, the stories that I post on there. Feel free to check out my website, thesportsrotation.squarespace.com. I want to thank you guys for being in the rotation with me. I'm out.